Enough talk. Let's get started. Seattle sports all in one place. I'm your host, Lestro, but we got a whole bunch of people on the team, including Mark Koo and the Guru, who we'll get to later. And we're just a bunch of East Coast guys who are passionate sports fans that live here now in Seattle. And we see that this is a great sports town, too. So we're going to give it the coverage it deserves. So listen, you can count on us to be homers. We're here to cover the teams, we're here to analyze the decisions, and we're here to second-guess everybody. But make no mistake, we are rooting for Seattle. Unless they play the Phillies, of course. So that's it. All your Seattle sports, all in one pod. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. So I mentioned it before, let's bring in our man, Mark Koo. He's over there on the Twitter at Seattle Sports, Seattle S Sports. Mark Koo, how you doing, buddy? Let's row, man. Good to be here. We got a, a great show lined up here. You know we're going to talk about the Mariners. We got to talk about all the Seahawks news, including the uh, the loss of, uh, of Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor and what that means for the team. We're going to call our boy the Guru for that. Uh, we got some Sounders. We got some Seawolves. We're going to go around the sound and talk about those teams in Tacoma or do our college roundup and then uh, then – Finally, uh, end on a little bit of a, a little bit of storm talk uh, as they're getting ready to do their season here. But I want to I want to talk about a few things right off the bat. First, I want to apologize to our listeners. We have had technical difficulties over the past couple of weeks that have been so incredibly frustrating for me. Uh, last week we did a show. We did a great show. Uh, it just uh, it never got out, and that was because of uh, uh, some technical difficulties on uh, on my end. And uh, my apologies for that to everybody, including my man Marku here. Uh, uh, so, uh, so we're oh, back. All good, brother man. All good. We are back and uh, and getting at it. Marku, of course, uh, uh, always out there on Seattle as sports over on Twitter. Uh, I am at more or lessro, and you can find the Wash Sports podcast everywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Apple. We're on uh, Google. We're on Spotify. Do us a favor. Leave us a review. Uh, let us uh, let us know uh, how, how we're doing. Uh, if you like, uh, if you like what we're talking about, what we missed, what we what we should be talking about, get it in there. Get us a review uh, uh, over on the Apple, over on the Google, over on the Spotify. All right, Marku. Before we get into the uh, before we get into the show today, I actually I wanted to ask you about something here because uh, you know that the NBA it's a bit of a sore spot uh, up here up here in Seattle still, and I, I get it, man. I was I was here when when that all happened, and the, and and they they sold off the team, and uh, fuck Howard Schultz. Uh, just let's get that right out of the way off the bat. But uh, you know, now with the Sixers out of the NBA playoffs, uh, my next thought is, who, who am I, who am I going to root for? Is is the Seattle team still around? Is is the, is the local team uh, still going? And that led me to the question of, you know, it's PNW Pride, but if you were a Sonics fan, and again, fuck Howard Schultz, if you were a Sonics fan, uh, could you root for the Trailblazers in this? Uh, in this finals here, are you rooting for Portland? I, I don't know, Marco. What do you think? All right. So I, I really like this question a lot because it's really interesting. I mean, I'm from New York. You're from Philly. Uh, we we know that rivalries within the region are really passionate and mean a lot. Um, so yeah, that Northeast for, Corridor. For, yeah, yeah, I'm from New York. So we've got two teams for basically each sport, and that's – Really tough to deal with because, like, I could never root for the Brooklyn Nets and all that stuff. But back to back to Portland. 
Yeah, you got uh, you got your rival. You got inner city rivalries in New York. I got my city rivalries, absolutely. So, but back to Portland, man. I don't think that rooting for Portland is a thing that most Sonic fans are gonna really get behind just because of the PNW. I think that a lot of fans really got behind them against the Thunder because of obvious reasons. They left us. They went to OKC. You know, it's it, yeah. It, it Anybody felt, who's playing the Thunder, we're rooting for. We're rooting for the exactly. Thunder to lose every time. But saying that, now that they got past the Thunder, I'm not. I'm not a Trailblazer fan, man. I, I, I if I'm a real, uh, if I'm a real supersonic fan, I hate the Portland Trailblazers. So I'm, I'm repping my jersey at, at the stadium just so I'm hoping that Adam Silver sees it, so they they, they come back. But there's there's no way I I could root for Portland. I mean, just being a guy from the East Coast. Um, I, I, it's just a no-no for me. Yeah, I will. If the if Philly lost a team, I'd have to go, you know, way outside the box. It would not be a local. It would not be a local team that I rooted for. Uh, that said, I think uh, you think like the kids coming up, the ones who are were too young to really be Sonics fans, but are NBA fans now. You think that's a Portland uh, Trailblazer generation kind of? You know, is there a is there a block of 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 those fans in the area that are coming up because they don't have that Sonic rip? You know. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, because you got Damon Lillard, who's a superstar, and he's really fun to get behind. But, but if, if the if the generation that that did follow the Supersonics is doing their job raising their kids right, they let them understand that the Supersonics are the team of Seattle. You know, <laughs> they're the team of the PNW. Forget a, all a, that stuff. Like, uh, if you if I'm if I had a kid and the Knicks left uh, the New York, like I, I'd be like, first of all, if you're if you if you ever are a Nets fan. I would disown my son. So you're, you're absolutely right. Thing. This is this is a, this is a parenting <laughs> yeah. issue, is what it is here. This is a parenting issue. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. Case, genera- if it's a generational thing, but I understand liking Lillard because man, that guy's that guy's amazing. Dame time, he killed the Thunder for us. That was that was fun to watch. But but no, no, I I, I couldn't get behind Portland um, if I was a supersonic fan to to the T. To but uh, I, what about you? So uh, I agree with you here. I actually talked to a, a friend of mine, and it's funny we talk about it being a parenting issue because uh, I, I, I I called a friend of mine about this who's a, a local kid here. He's uh, he's 21 years old now. Uh, I was uh, really close friends with his father who uh, we lost a few years back and, uh, and his mother, and they were both uh, Supersonics fans, big Supersonics fans, you know, a, a bit older generation. And so now... Uh, so the kid, I, I asked him, I was like, what do you uh, what do you think? Who are you rooting for here? Could you root for the Trailblazers? And he said, uh, you know, I really ultimately would like to root for the Trailblazers. He said, you know, at some point, but uh, I'm I'm rooting for Durant and I'm rooting for mm-hmm. uh, the, so ultimately I'm rooting for the Warriors in this one because I'm rooting for Durant. And I was like. Oh, that makes sense. He's the last Sonic standing. You know what I mean? That's a that's what you would root for is Durant. And he said, "Yeah, he's the last Sonic standing." And he pissed off the Thunder. "Quote: He's literally the only reason I pay attention to the NBA at all." And uh, that's hilarious. Y- you gotta love that level of spite uh, still in the sports scene out here. People don't think Seattle's got it in them because that's like an East Coast level of spite. But the only reason I I, root, I pay attention to the NBA is because of uh, Kevin Durant, who beat the who pissed off the Thunder and is the last. Sonic standing, so uh, I love that, and uh, that's I'm going with that. Last Sonic standing, go Warriors. Let's uh, let's uh, from the Seattle standpoint, let's see let's see Durant. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, it's funny because we asked our coworker at our our other day job, and it was just like he was like, I just stopped following the NBA. I yeah, mean, just stopped just following. Like, he just he just stopped following. I mean, a lot of people stopped covering the NBA once uh, the team left. So 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing you, you notice with the generational issue, man, is, yeah, maybe the younger generation just isn't watching NBA because Seattle sports just doesn't cover it. Yeah, it's not around. Uh, and they're building towards yeah. uh, the NHL and want to try and bring it back. I hope they can get it back. Uh, this is uh, this is a basketball town, man. This is this town loves its basketball, and it deserves an NBA team because it had a great one, and it loved them, and, uh, and fuck Howard Schultz. So, all right, with, <laughs> with, agree more. with that, Marku, let's move on to the team that is playing here that uh, they that is still hanging around, uh, the Seattle Mariners, our hometown uh, ball club, baseball club here. Uh, not uh, not the best week to talk about the Mariners. Yeah, at all, man. They had that, that road trip uh, in New York and Boston this past week, and it was a Started in Cleveland, show, man. Started in Cleveland. Started in Cle- yeah, I was I was talking just this past week, and it's just been it's been a shit show. Yep, two and eight road trip from uh, Cleveland to New York and Boston. Now uh, they did get a little bit of home cooking in there, and that great great win uh, Monday against uh, against the A's, the uh, the extra inning win. They were they were down four one. Uh, going into the eighth inning, uh, and uh, and and Vogie brought him back. Uh, Daniel Vogel back with a three uh, with a three run home run to tie the game in the bottom of the eighth. And then uh, after giving up a run in the top of the tenth, which is you know, at this point the bullpen is only going to go so long. You're used to it. We've seen this. We've seen this game before. You know what I mean? And then. They rally with a two-run comeback in the bottom of the inning with uh, with uh, Omar hits in uh, Vogie and Santana with a single uh, to, uh, to 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 win the game to not only get the tying run but then the winning run uh, to come around to great uh, great win uh, on the uh, I'm sorry with a tying RBI double and then uh, winning run on Navarra single uh, great win uh, for the Mariners uh, on Monday. But again, this is the team we're talking about here. You know, terrible road trip, uh, terrible team to watch. Every now and again, they're gonna they got the bats. They're gonna make the big swings. They're gonna get the big runs, and it's it's gonna happen for them. But what do you think here, Marco? I mean, right now, right now at the moment, as we record this, the Mariners are leading four to three going into the bottom of the eighth, and I, I, I highly doubt they hold that lead, man, because you do. We're we're twenty one and twenty three. It's time to get you know, pretty real about how, how this trend has gone downwards from us being 13-2 uh, to start the season. Yeah, started 13-2, 7-21 since. Just to put a number yeah. on it, because you can you can say we've fallen below 500, but 7-21 and 21 has what it's been. Exactly. I mean, we are bringing in a lot of prospects from the minor leagues at this point because it's starting to, start to realize, you know, with the management that they got to get these young guys, you know, really – well, yeah, it's, that's what we're doing here. We're processing. We're trying to find the uh, the diamonds in the rough. We're trying to get the uh, the kids coming up. We're we're building for the future. We said in the beginning this uh, this team was gonna this, whatever happened this year's gravy. You know, this is uh this is the uh, this is a fun year. Get on the team. Get on the bandwagon. The fact that they started thirteen and two gave us a glimpse of what they could do, and now just knowing they can anytime. You know, don't expect this team to win, but you know when they do, and they will. They, they really can hit. I mean, they are still second in home runs. They are still second in RBIs. And, uh, and of course, they are still first in strikeouts. So they are, as we said before, the ultimate 2019 MLB team. Leading in home runs, leading in strikeouts. You know, they are uh, yeah. feast or famine. Yeah, the issue that's coming along is now they're third in the AL West, though. And uh, they're, they're falling behind the Angels. And yeah, that the one sucks. are quickly ca- catching up. Yeah. Because that's that. Well, that's the only team we can beat. You know, that's the uh, the fun of that. So you were saying they brought the, some kids up, and, and you're right. We brought uh, to deal with some injuries. Uh, we got a, a J.P. Crawford and Shed Long made their Mariners debut, and uh, J.P. Crawford 
is uh, the highly touted prospect they traded Gene Segura for from the uh, Phillies. Never panned out in the Phillies organization, uh, although still a highly touted prospect. A great minor league ball player, once again as a great minor league ball player, hit 319 to start the season down there with the uh, Tacoma Rainiers in uh, in 31 games. 319, you got to like that. He had 15, uh, 15 ribbies. Uh, 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 down with the Rainiers, brought him up. Uh, starting his uh, season, he is uh, hitting 235 with the Mariners in four games right now. So still, uh, still getting the hang of that, that, that big league, but going and uh, and Shed Long also uh, makes his debut up here. Got to bring up the kids though because more bad news on the injury front, Mark. Who this time with Felix going down? Yeah, four to six weeks with a lat strain, and it looks like it looks like Felix's values tumbling quickly he's had two terrible starts in a row uh the injury just just gonna keep him out for a while now so any any hope we had in trade value or whatever you know we were talking about earlier it, it's just thrown out the window felix felix's year is in jeopardy at this point yeah he really started to look uh like a great back of the rotation starter really started to you know uh uh uh, changes pitches up had talked to cc sabathia who is another guy that as he got older lost some of that power he had in the beginning and compensated learned to compensate with uh change ups and curveballs and uh and uh felix was having some success throwing uh throwing the curveball this year and uh, was looking like a really good sort of back-end starter if nothing else uh could be trade bait coming in there uh toward the the trade deadline or if the team did well you know helping out the back of the uh back of the rotation but Two shit games in a row is is exactly right. He uh he got lit up uh against the uh, the Red Sox. A two point one innings pitched, seven earned runs on the way to a nine five Mariners loss. Seven earned runs is uh is not good. And then the uh, the week before he uh, got rocked for five uh, for six earned runs in five innings, including three home runs. Uh, so just not not good. But but good news uh, on the other side of pitching is uh, Kikuchi. Uh, uh, Dominated. Oh, he's he's so fun to watch, man. Yeah, that's the guy right now, right? I mean, Marco's still the number one, but I, I'm with you. Kikuchi's so much fun to watch. Got some questions though about some uh, possible pine tar. Oh, what's up? Uh, there was uh, there was some questions about whether he had a foreign substance. I have to admit that I didn't look into it as deeply as I, I should have before bringing it up there, but I no did way. see. Oh, the, really? A pine? Uh, I didn't I did not see that. Yeah, there was uh, there were some some issues after one of his games uh, that uh, somebody called out that he had some stuff on his hat, uh, is what it appeared. So uh, had it on on the huh. brim of his hat. This was uh, a few days ago. Uh, after uh, no, they, they, they after the good game against the Yankees. That's just what Yankee fans say after they lose a game. Ah, and they lost another there's, one. There's my uh, <laughs> there's my Northeast rivalries. I love that shit. Yeah, no, if, uh, no that's, that's just the Yankees. They lost 10-1 to that day. Kikuchi was amazing. He went uh, he went seven, two innings, went, only gave up one run, only had three Ks, but he, he was dominant the whole game. So that's just what Yankee fans got to say to get by get by because they couldn't sign him. I'm with that. Let's, uh, I agree with that. There seems to be nothing coming <laughs> well, down from one. it anyway. So uh, so, so we but got man, I got to say, I got, I got to give a shout-out right now to Mike Leak as well. He, he, he's been pretty well uh, – Pitching pretty well for us. Last game, he uh, had seven innings and only gave up one earned run on two Ks. And right now, he's taking the taking the Mariners into took the Mariners to the seventh, one sixth, and third. Uh, only gave up gave up two runs. So he he's been doing stellar job the last few games. So uh, you got to give it up to him. Well, we we've talked before. Starting pitching is not necessarily the problem on this team. It's uh it's uh the 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 middle innings and the and the back of the uh 
back of the bullpen oh. that's that, that's really causing causing the issues right now. And uh, dude, we got. Who we got... are you telling? I, I watched the Yankee game. Uh, the, oh my god, I watched the five four loss last week, and we went into to the ninth with a four to two lead. Of course, words like blew, blew it. It just, it just, I just knew it was coming, man. I, 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 I put out a tweet being like, we're not going to hold this, and you know, long behold. Yeah, you could just sense it. They didn't look like when they were on the mound. They knew what they were doing. You know, they uh, they out in front in that Yankee game. Uh, at, yeah, losing the that you're right. That, that the bullpen, the bullpen's the problem. But we had talked before. Do you sign Kimbrell? No. Now you can't. Now I don't think it's a it's he wouldn't come even to for the trade bait here. We couldn't help him. He couldn't help us. Uh, so this yeah. is just it's this is the way it's going to be this season, man. It's uh, it's going to be bullpen by committee until someone finally steps up, and there's no saying who it's going to be yet. Yeah, and, and one thing we're also seeing is the bats aren't aren't consistent like it was the first 15, 20 games. I mean, in the road trip, we there's quite a few games where we only scored one or two runs. So the the bats yeah, are, are gone pretty cold. Very true. Uh, they had know, a two thirty yeah. batting average on that road trip. Not not the best Yikes. showing. Uh, from a team that uh, is is supposed to supposed to really rock them, right? Absolutely. All right, so we got a big series coming up. They are what, like we said, they uh, get the home cooking here. One against the uh, uh, one against the uh, the Oakland A's, and are are hanging on as we are talking now uh, to try and uh, try and win this one. We'll see if that bullpen can prove us wrong going in. And then they got a real tough series this weekend. Home uh, home stand down there at T-Mobile Park against the uh, the Minnesota Twins, who are uh, admittedly right now the best team in baseball. So this is going to be. A rough one, I think, for uh, uh, for for the home nine. This is uh, this yeah, is... the the, re- the return of Nelson Cruz to a uh, T-Mobile Park, so that'll be fun to see. At least something to watch, right? So as we said, this team, uh, they don't expect them to win, but uh, when they do, it's bonus uh, and it's a lot of fun. I still think they're fun because you know they got the bats anytime. They got a puncher's chance in every game, uh, e- even if even if uh, that chance is not particularly good. Uh, so oh, I agree, man. You, you're rolling with the fun right now. We're still within reach of 500, so it's not we're not out of it. Uh, it's, it's definitely a fun time to get involved, but the trend is is a little scary, and we are. We are diving into those minor league, uh, tapping into that prospect pool. So uh, definitely don't expect too much. Building for the future. All right, Marku, we're going a little long here. Let's uh, let's uh, give a call to our man, the guru. I know he's waiting to uh, to answer the phone and talk a little Seahawks with us. So uh, so hang on a second here and let me make a call. Yes, sir. All right, guru, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fellas, fellas, what's going on, man? There he is. The Guru. You can find him every week on Trash Talk Radio with me or over there at uh, Instagram at Guru's Film Room. Guru's Film Room. It's just his thoughts. Good to talk to you again, my man. Thanks for joining us here on The Wash. Hey, man, it's a pleasure as always, man. It's a pleasure as always. Hey, they said it's the middle of the NBA playoff. It's the conference finals. But it's always Seahawks news, no matter what. The Trailblazers just lost, but it's always some Seahawks news going on in the PNW, man. That's right. This is the uh, always the top story is the Seahawks, and uh, and this week uh, we got to talk about a, a couple of things. I want to I want to ask you about uh, I want to ask you about uh, the signing of Ziggy Ansah. I want to ask you about DK Metcalf. We got to we got to ask your thoughts on Geno Smith. But we got to start with uh, with uh, sort of I guess the big news here, and that is the uh, the official. Uh, retirement uh, of Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor uh, uh, leaving Seattle after failed physicals. Uh, Guru, just just 
give us a little bit here. Your thoughts on on what uh, these two guys uh, mean to this squad, have meant to this team, and where their legacy is with the Seahawks. Absolutely, man. This guy's a legend. I mean, Seahawks, blood and tears. And so they're the epitome of the Pete Arrow, um, John Schneider era. They just magnify the city of Seattle. Just the work, the work hard guys, not only intelligent guys, but also work hard guys. And, and they were always team first, leaders character first you see no character flows on those individuals i mean they are loved by the fans they are loved by the city of seattle they're adopted son to the city of seattle and they will one day have their um names in the ring of fame up there in seattle over a century that's how big those guys is especially in both positions cam chancellor might be one of the the you know the greatest safety uh at least one one of the three best safeties to ever wear the Seahawks jerseys. And obviously, I think Doug Baldwin as well. You know, you count Steve Larger, and I, and I remember Brian Blades. For the kids that don't remember Brian Blades. I remember Brian Blades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the old legend. So, And I think Doug Baldwin is probably, you know, top three as well as far as the receivers to ever um, wear a Seahawks uniform. Now, you mentioned uh, these are our, our... – uh, the epitome, if you will, of the uh, of the Pete and John era here in Seattle, the epitome of this team. Uh, both of them sort of scrap heaps. Cam Chancellor coming in the fifth round. Uh, Doug Baldwin uh, unsigned uh, and found and making real uh, contributions to to the Super Bowl championships, real contributions to the uh, the Super Bowl run, uh, and and real contributions to the to the team. These are these are two guys that will be missed. Uh, Injuries taking them out. These aren't guys that were, were were cut or left. These are some serious injuries. Absolutely, it's just unfortunate to see their career um, cut short. It's a violent game, and those guys played the game so aggressively and so violently. So it's unfortunate that their career ended shortly. But that's part of what what made them mystique. That's kind of what made them. They were tough guys. That's one thing you know when they strap it on. You know Cam Chance is going to bring it. And you know offensively, Doug Baldwin is going to bring it. And they're going to leave it on the line mentally and physically. Now, I want to ask you about uh, Doug Baldwin uh, on his way out here. Doug Baldwin, uh, after his after it was announced that he felt his physical and everything, he had a little uh, sort of a letter to his younger self where he gave himself advice. And uh, it was it's actually a pretty good piece uh, uh, worth yeah, reading. Yeah, I saw, I saw that on his Twitter, man. That was, that was, that was clever. That was impressive. I yeah, like that. I like that a lot. It was, it was a good read and check it out. But I, the one thing I want to ask you about it, uh, uh, Guru, is that they're saying there's a little bit of shade in here. In his letter to the younger self, he, uh, he talks about uh, the, the coaching, and he says uh, you'll, you'll learn good coaches and you'll learn great coaches, and there was a picture of Bevel. And uh, the question is, is he throwing a little bit of shade at, uh, at Pete and Russ uh, over, the, over this thing? Because he doesn't mention them, but he mentions Bevel. I mean, I won't necessarily. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if, you, if, I, if I saw exactly what you saw. I didn't see no mention of the name Bevel. No, 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 it was a photo. It was just a photo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to be real, Bevels, you got to realize this. Bevels was the offensive coordinator, right? Right. He, he built that, that squad. At that time. At, at, at that squad. And Bald, Doug Baldwin's career base, the mass of his career was under um, Bevels, correct? Absolutely. So, naturally, if you had the most success, as, you know, with that, with, with that regime, you're going to have a feel. And I just love the quote he said on that piece when he says, uh, he says, you will come to appreciate great ones 
even when others don't. And I don't think that's shade. I think that's giving congratulations and kudos to Bevels than anything else. Because I like what he did to that. You know, even once other day, because Bevels was a, lot, was a scapegoat for a lot of years here in Seattle. Yeah, his final couple of years, he did become a scapegoat here uh, with the Seahawks. But it's absolutely true that he, he built what they were uh, before then and, and got them got them uh, to to the promised land with his offense. Let's not let's not forget that. But uh, you're right about that. All right. So uh, on to the new here, Guru. I want to talk to you about a couple of the couple of the kids, a couple of the big signings uh, uh, coming on. So the first one uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about yet is the Seahawks have signed uh, Ziggy Ansa uh, to fill the void uh, at defensive end that was uh, left by Frank Clark. This all turned out to be a, a really great sort of a deal for the Seahawks in my mind. Uh, when they when they traded Clark, uh, we thought uh, initially you know Clark was going to be here, and then. When he was traded, they got that extra pick. They flipped that. They turned things around. They end up getting a whole slew of draft picks uh, for Frank Clark uh, in the draft. And then they go and sign Ziggy Ansa. Guru, is this this sounds like a great deal to me. Oh, man. Of course, let's show. This, is, this hit me to the heart, you know. Obviously, Ziggy, my man, my African man. You know how I feel about my African man? That is my African brother. And I was fortunate enough, you know, when my brother was in Detroit, I was fortunate enough to meet Ziggy and the family, you know, because us being African, so we had that relation. So I was fortunate enough to actually meet um, Ziggy and his family when when he was in Detroit after the game. Great, 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 great family, man. Great family. So another thing is I love him. Not being biased, but his skill set fit exactly the 4-3 scheme. And you know how I love the defense. He fits exactly that pass rushing scheme. And the thing about Ziggy, he's just been hurt. This is going to be his seventh year in the league. He, he got that elite pass rushing ability, but he has never really reached it. You know, let, just like last year, he played seven games and finished with four sacks. Injury plague season. But the year before that, he only played 14 games and he had 12 sacks. So Ziggy had the potential, and it's just like every other year. And the year before that, in 2000, um, let me look at it, in 2016, he only played in 13 games, and he only had a few sacks. And then in 2015, the only year he played 16 games, he had 14 and a half sacks when he was a pro bowler. So you know he had the potential, and he showed the slight um, production. It's just he hasn't been on the field in a total of 96 max games he played a total of 80 games out of 96 so he missed a whole year worth of injuries in his career and out of those seasons he had a total of 48 career sacks so that's average eight sacks in the injury flag season so now he's fighting for money because he's in an all-incentive contract for seattle so i expect him to have one of them double-digit sacks. Absolutely, man. What you're telling me is that every other year, this guy goes nuts, get him in the odd number of years. We got him in the odd number of years. This sounds great to me. Uh, this is also one of those Boogie Cousins deals, you know. We uh, we uh, we talked a little bit about this on TTR that this is this is a Boogie Cousins deal. This is a, a win-win for both sides. You know, this is a chance for him to get back in. He's probably going to miss a couple of games at the beginning of the year, and uh, and his chance to come back in and show the league who he is at a good price for the Seahawks to uh, to get him to come back in and show the league who he is for that for that push uh, if if he can do it. I, I hey, love I love the signing. It's called what you call, you know, zero risk 
all reward. Absolutely. Zero risk, all reward. Beautiful deal by Schneider. I love it because, like I said, it's all basically incentive ladder um, contract. So Ziggy basically is in a commission. You know, like my man, Marku, who's a great, great salesman, would tell you. He's on a commission. So you know what? He's going to work his ass up to hit that commission goal. That's what Ziggy's going to try to do, man. Yeah. I hope so, man. I hope so. He didn't show up last season, so I really hope so. So hope that Seven games, put it like this. Seven games, four sacks, man. You do the math. You're a smart guy. He played seven games and got four sacks. That's what I like that odds, man. They got a shot at That's it. True. I like I like it being an odd year. I'm going to run with that. Also, he was on the Lions last <laughs> okay. year. They were terrible. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the the kids, uh, new guys, kids wise, and that is of course uh, I want to talk about uh, DK Metcalf, who's the uh, young receiver they picked up in the draft uh, uh, to uh, to I. I guess fill the void that they knew Baldwin was going to leave. Uh, but uh, DK Metcalf is huge when you see him in the photos. And I hear that he's really, really impressive down at a rookie camp, really impressed at rookie camp this year. Absolutely. He's a big body. And, and he obviously ran and killed the NFL combine. And look, just, you, I, I've seen this shirtless one. I don't know if you've seen the social media clip of him taking his shirt off with, um, when he went to go see Pete Carroll on a pre-draft interview. But anyhow, this kid has high, high ceiling. Yeah, he looks like an Avenger. How <laughs> he looks like the guru. You know, he looks like me when I when I used to do my thing. You know, just just throwing it out there. Anyhow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> DJ Mecca, I love his I love his ability, and I think the fact that he's not a great route runner. I think that works great for where he's at because Russell Wilson is an off-script type of quarterback. That's what right. made Doug Baldwin so uh, so great at what he did. Doug Baldwin is not known as a right-running specialist, but when he did, what he was is he had that connection. He's able to get open when Russell does his off-script situation. And DJ Metcalf in off-script situation in 50-50 ball, I think that's where he's going to be coverted. So I love what, what I see and what I'm hearing from right now. But also, I want to take that with a grain of salt. This is the Underwear Olympics, and he is going against guys that's not going to be on the field for the Seahawks uh, or playing for them or doing any type of significant contributor to the team this year. Right, obviously grain of salt with what we're seeing right now because these aren't these aren't pro-level guys that he's running out there with uh, at, the, at the rookie game. No, no, they're pro-level guys. They're pro-level. They're just not starters. All right, fair they're enough. They're pro-level. Oh. Fair enough. All right, so one uh, one more thing here I want to talk to you about. Uh, questionable pro level guy uh, in his own right is uh, is Geno Smith, uh, <laughs> who's just signed by the uh, by the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, for, uh, to, for to compete for the backup quarterback position. Uh, Geno, most known as the uh, former quarterback of the uh, the New York Jets, uh, uh, and uh, and then uh, was with the Giants for a year. Uh, last year he was uh, with the Chargers for five games. Uh, I. I did, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Geno Smith, Guru? Uh, that's the beautiful thing about this situation is Russell has never missed a game in his career. So we, <laughs> it, it, could be, it could be Geno Smith. It could be Bingo Smith. It could be your grandma. It could be our uncle. You know, as long as they could hold a clipboard, you know, that's what we care about, right? right. Is his arm strong enough to hold a clipboard? Is that true? <laughs> Which one of them is armed and strong enough to hold a clipboard for 16 games and go straight to the bank and cash the check? That's what I want to know. Uh, you like him or Paxton Lynch, though, because they're both sort of uh, crash test dummies back there behind uh, behind Russ. 
Oh, I absolutely don't see Paxilich. That situation just kind of eerie because he has no type of – he don't fit any type of thing they do. Uh, even if Russ go down, he don't fit. It just don't make sense. I think he's basically there to be a draft. Um, just to be a camp body, throw the ball, maybe be on a practice squad when, you know, when the, the Seahawks go against a, a, a pocket passing quarterback in a sense. Who knows? But I see more of the uh, – you need more of a veteran. I think Geno Smith is, is, is who you would trust because if something happens to Paxton, I mean, God forbid, oh, mercy, I don't want to say the words, but just if something in hell happens and, and, and one of those guys got to go, and I prefer Geno than Paxton Lynch. Trust me. I prefer Gino because if Russell got to miss a quarter, I think Gino is competent enough to at least get sacked and hold on to the ball at this stage of his career. I don't trust Paxton Lynch. I hope so, man. I'm a Jets fan, and I, I, I saw him on the Jets, and it was bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I agree with Guru here in the same sense. I forgot about that. We should uh, get in that in there. Uh, I, I'm with the Guru on this one, though, is that I really think that uh, if your backup quarterback needs to at least have the same – ballpark of skill set that your starting quarterback has i never i never understand when the starter's a scrambler and the backup is a a big stand-up pocket passer like you've got to change everything when that dude comes in so it makes much more sense to me to have a guy like geno smith backing up uh packing up russell wilson and uh and you know again god forbid get him for a quarter get him for a a couple of tests whatever it is Uh, i think to geno smith is I, i would rather call him on his veteran presence i don't need him to win games i need him to not lose leads you know what i mean and and uh if we're counting on him to win the game something's probably gone wrong anyway absolutely absolutely and it it, like this it's uh, geno smith or any of those guys getting that game boy oh boy the highest paid player in the nfl that is trouble for the city of seattle i'll tell you that yeah right we're seeing if we're actually talking about geno Something's gone real wrong. All right. And with that, uh, Guru, thank you, my man, for uh, for joining us here once again on The Wash to talk a little Seahawks. If you're looking for Guru, you can find him every week with me on Trash Talk Radio, everywhere you can find podcasts. And you can find the Guru every day on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. That's Guru's Film Room on Instagram. It's just his thoughts. Just his thoughts. Guru, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate it, fellas. Man, you guys have a good one. Have a good one, Guru. All right, our thanks, as always, to the Guru. Right back here with just uh, just Marku and I. Marku, we are running long, as always. You know, the Mariners and the Seahawks take up a lot of uh, a lot of talk in this town, but that doesn't mean that we don't want to uh, talk about everything else that's going on. Uh, I want to talk about a few more a uh, few more of the pro teams here before we get going on. Is is a quick uh, quick talk about the Sounders, who are uh, played a home game last Saturday uh, against the Houston Dynamos. Uh, to uh, uh, they they won that one. Am I right? Yeah, they won one nothing on a Christian Roland goal in the fifth minute. Uh, snapped a four-game winless streak that they had going. Right, because that uh, was the issue. Of, uh, four uh, four games in a row without a win. You know, soccer, they got the the, the, the ties as well. But uh, a loss in three straight ties, not really what you're looking for out of this team. Yeah, that was a tough little stretch there. But with the win uh, this past week, they are back in the third place in the Western Conference. Uh, still doing pretty, pretty well. Only one loss in the season. So they just got to kind of re- regain themselves uh, as they play. They're back at home this week uh, on Wednesday against Orlando City and then on the road uh, this uh, this Saturday against the Philadelphia Union. So they just it's just, you know, it's May. So they're kind of getting to the mid- midseason swing as 
as it kind of comes along. Yep, starting to find themselves two winnable games. Two winnable games for the Sounders. We uh, would like to see them pick up uh, the wins on that one. Uh, speaking of pick up the wins uh, on that one is uh, the, the Seattle Seawolves are a major league rugby champion. Seattle Seawolves down there at, uh, at Starfire in Tukwila. They faced uh, a RUNY this past Saturday on the road in Brooklyn. Pretty good night. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a very exciting win. It was entertaining, to say the least, from start to finish. The the, the Seawolves jumped out to a thirty-one-seven start, uh, but and then they ended the, that, so they ended the half thirty-one-seven. But the RUN West stormed back and came back and then scoring since the tie it uh, right right before the end of the match. So it was a really crazy game in Brooklyn, but they got a huge win after after the bye week last week, and uh, it, it jumped up to third place in the in the MLR standing, which is absolutely huge with only three games left uh, in the season remaining. Uh, the top six teams make it, so they're really just fighting for home field advantage and all that, you know, all the important stuff that comes with the playoffs. And they really need that home court advantage because you know how crazy it is at Starfile and Tequila. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, that down there, it gets loud. This is a Seattle team, after all, and the Seattle fans know how to bring the noise and bring the noise they do down there at Starfire. A great environment uh, down there to watch these games. They got three games left here in the regular season. Uh, they are on the road at Glendale, who are currently sitting uh, sixth. Right? Is that where they are on the uh, on the the table there with uh, Major League Rugby? And then uh, yeah, they're in sixth. Yeah. Then they uh, then they uh, are home for their final two games of the season against Utah, who are in seventh, and Austin, who are in ninth. So they got uh, one playoff team and two teams sitting just outside the the playoffs. They should win those last two games. Glendale, of course, is a, is a hotbed of rugby uh, uh, for uh, for the United States, and a pretty good team last year faced off against uh, faced off against these uh, Sea Wolves in the uh, in the championship. Uh, this year, like the Wolves, uh, struggling a little bit, uh, going hoping to make the playoffs on their own. That game should be a battle for uh, down there in Glendale. But those two home games uh, with Utah and Austin, both, as we talked about before, winnable games. Winnable games for the Seawolves if they want to make this uh, this run into the playoffs, get the momentum going, and uh, and and keep the uh, the championship trophy here in Seattle. I, I think they got to win. I think they got to win out. You know, maybe not th- those last two games. You got to you got to put away teams like that. Absolutely. I mean, those last two games are extremely favorable. Utah and Austin are terrible. Austin hasn't won a game this season. Utah, I think, only has one win. So uh, they have a very favorable schedule going going to the end of the season. They just gotta they just gotta play well and, and hope that they can get atop that home the home court home home field standings, man. Because because uh, like I said, we are the only team that sells out in MLR. Uh, Glendale likes to claim themselves as, as Rugby USA, but they they don't, they don't come close to how many fans show up. Yeah, not only do they uh, do they sell out, they sell out every game. Every game yeah. down there in Tuckwill Every game is sold out. So, uh, all right. So uh, let's uh, let's move on here. We got to do our quick check in on our South Sound teams. We got three Tacoma teams all playing at Cheney Stadium uh, this year. Two soccer teams and a baseball team. Let's uh, let's as well start with. I uh, want to start with the. Uh, who do you want to start with, Marku? I'll leave it to you. Well, let's quickly just run by the rain. They're on a bye week. Uh, they are the international break going on because they're preparing for the FIFA World Women's World Cup. But they're 0 three and one this season. They're really just a tough start. Uh, hopefully they can get back uh, in the winning ways against. The, they play the next match on Saturday, May 18th, against the Sky Blue at home. So hopefully that that comes back to them. But uh, I want to talk about Tacoma Defiance. They continue to keep. They continue to struggle. They played. They've played uh, Portland uh, Portland Timber two at home this past week on Sunday and lost four to one. 
Um, like I said, the terrible season just continues. At one point, they had a five-game scoreless streak with over 500 minutes without a goal. So they really just can't find a way to put the ball into the back of the net. Uh, but their next match is this Saturday against Reno uh, on the road. So hopefully they can figure something out. Yeah, still the best logo in the area. I say it every show, the Tacoma Defiance, uh, best logo in the area. Uh, really rooting for Dude, them they, uh, because of that, if no other reason. I mean, I, that team that's a team I, I want to win. I agree with that, but have you seen their, they have a weird little bear as their logo? I it, It's a little creepy if you were to ask me, but I don't know if you, you had a chance to talk about that I've seen guy. the bear. I was looking at all the logos before, like the things reaching out of the sea. Those are awesome. Exactly. They should have stuck with that. But they got this like bear thing that's kind of kind of creepy. You should check it out. It's on the Seattle Sports uh, Twitter. Seattle S Sports. Check it out on Twitter. Uh, you'll, you'll see it somewhere on there. I will definitely uh, definitely check that out uh, here. Uh, the, finally, and the home team at Shady Stadium, the Tacoma Rainiers. We talked to them a, a little bit, starting to get the uh, the prospects rated 19-21. Uh, sort of the same kind of season the uh, the big clubs have been down there, uh, down there at the farm club. Yeah, uh, Rainiers are definitely trending upwards, though. They were having a really tough start to the season, but they're almost back up to 500. Uh, this past week, they, they did a pretty good job winning uh, winning both series. And today they had a good win with uh, with Brandon Bishop hitting two home runs and winning at 9-7. So they have a five-game road series next week against Reno, Thursday through Monday. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they can get over 500. And, of course, we always do the uh, college check-in here on The Wash because if it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in The Wash. That includes our college teams. Uh, you were watching us uh, some baseball this spring and some softball, Mark. Who, how we doing? Uh, baseball and softball are coming to a close pretty soon here. But uh, right now, uh, UW baseball, 27-19 and 19 on the season. They faced Portland this past week and had a win there on Wednesday. Then they had a three-game series against Utah. They swept that series. So they're really finding the stride at the right time with uh, the World Series coming up or the Pac-12 playoffs and all that good stuff. So they're finding the right stride. They face New Mexico at home on Monday and then number one UCLA Friday through Sunday. And then uh, UW softball, they had their final season, uh, final series of the seasons uh, against Stanford at home this past season. They swept them. They continued their amazing season, and they're 45-7. and seven. 45 and seven on the season. I had to read that again. 45 and seven on the season. They're they're absolutely on a tear. Um, NCAA regionals begin on May 17th, so there's a little bit more to be determined on who they play and what time. But uh, really good, really good, exciting season for UW softball and and the playoffs coming up. Yeah, great season for the for the Lady Huskies as always. That's a team that uh, always seems to do well. Uh, they know what they're doing up there, the softball squad. Uh, great, uh, great season for them, and should make should make a deep run uh, into the tournament yeah. uh, and beyond. Uh, all right, Absolutely. so let's. Uh, I'm gonna be, go I'll be watching that big time on the Seattle Twitter, so for sure. But one thing that definitely doesn't know how to run their baseball squad right now is Wazoo baseball. They are really. Uh, struggling. I mean, they they had a good win against Gonzaga last last week on Monday, but they got swept by number one UCLA. They're ten thirteen. They're ten thirty seven and one on the season with that tie because of that, that ridiculous, ridiculous game tie. they had. Yeah, and then they faced Utah Valley today at five p.m. They lost twenty to thirteen. So their their tumultuous season continues. Uh, Gonzaga. They had a series against Lamar this past week. They're having a pretty good season. They're twenty-eight and twenty-one. Uh, they played Oregon today. They lost ten to three, but Oregon number two in the country, so I kind of expected that one. But they have a, a final, their final series this, this uh, weekend against Loyola Marymount. So they're getting prepared for the WAC, uh, you know, the WAC playoffs and all that stuff, or the West Coast Conference playoffs. 
Yep, uh, the boys of summer, or actually the boys of spring uh, uh, there in college as the season is coming to an end, even as the uh, the pros get it, really start into it. So uh, so good luck to them, uh, uh, you know, except Wazoo, who really don't have a chance anyway. Yeah. All right, uh, Marku, before we get out of here, we got uh, one more thing I want to check in on, and that is the uh, the Seattle Storm, whose preseason uh, uh, starts this week. There's only two preseason games in uh, the WNBA. Uh, they've got a home game Wednesday with the Phoenix Mercury and then an away game Friday in Pasadena against the Los Angeles Sparks. Now, the uh, the home game uh, uh, this year is not at Key Arena, so let's just uh, let's remind people of that with the uh, construction of the Key Arena to get it ready for the, uh, the NHL team coming in, hashtag go grunge uh with the nhl team coming in the uh, the wnba has moved up to everett uh, uh up there and uh get their home game started uh preseason this week uh against the uh, the phoenix mercury as i said and then uh regular season starts may 25th they have a a 12 30 uh in the afternoon game against the phoenix those same phoenix mercury uh up there at the angels of the wind arena in everett uh they're playing there through june 23rd uh, against indiana and then they'll move to uh, move back to seattle for uh the alaska airline arena u-dubs alaska airline arena for the rest of the season uh, so it's a it's a the home games on the road even here, but they uh, they get a little bit closer uh, as the season as the season gets into it. They get to come back to Seattle at least. The big news, as always, we mentioned this. The big story for the Seattle Storm this year is of course Brianna Stort out uh, due to a knee injury. Uh, uh, pay the women hashtag uh, pay the women hashtag bet on women. The, uh, uh, they're playing over there in the the foreign leagues and injuring themselves because the pay here at the WNBA is so bad. But the other big story, and uh, this is what I want to end on here, Marco. You know we always like to give a shout-out at the end of the show. I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Coach Dan Hughes of the Seattle Storm, who uh, announced earlier this year that he was uh, uh, dealing with some cancer. He had his surgery uh, uh, today, uh, I think, and uh, is uh, he might be available for the season opener. Uh, he might not uh, uh, following that surgery. We'll find out more about that as as we get closer to it. But a uh, a quick shout-out to Coach Dan Hughes of, of the Seattle Storm, the champion Seattle Storm. Uh, uh, get well. Uh, get better, get back after. Uh, we're all rooting for you. Uh, so uh, shout out to Coach Dan Hughes uh, of the Seattle Storm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's horrible. And hope for a quick, quick speedy recovery. Yep. Get, uh, hope to see you back down on the court real soon there. Uh, and uh, uh, don't rush it, though. You know what I mean? Get better. And then come back. We'll absolutely. Be, we'll be waiting for you. All right, Marku, uh, that is our show for this week on The Wash. Remember, you can find The Wash anywhere you can find podcasts. It's uh, it's on the Apple, it's on the, it's on the Google, it's on the Spotify. Leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. Uh, you can find me out there, Lestro, out there on Twitter every day, at More or Lestro, at More or Lestro, and on Trash Talk Radio with our man, The Guru. Uh, who was uh, on the show earlier. Thanks to the Guru again for joining us. Marku, you can always find him on Seattle S Sports. That's Seattle S Sports on Twitter. Make sure you check him out. He's always out there at the games, following the sports, everything you need to know about Seattle. He's got a, uh, Seattle Sports. He's got it going on there. Marku, as always, a pleasure, and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you, Lester. It was a pleasure. I got to say, Mariners just won the game, so go go at Bullpen hangs on, and with that, we are out of here. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out to watch. <laughs>